Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. We are still uh, in chapter 6 of the book of Judges, reading the story of Gidon, a very um, important uh, one of the judges. And we're, we read the story of so far of how he was uh, appointed by God to um, to take the people and rescue them from the hands of the Midianites, and we um, learned of his humility. We learned of his reluctance to take upon himself this monumental task because of his um, lack of confidence in himself. But he so far so far he's holding up there, and he's. Uh, managed to um, destroy the um, altar of the Baal and demonstrate to the people that it's only through faith in God himself and rededicating themselves to God himself that they will be successful. And we picked up this, we ended the last podcast with verse 32 in chapter 6 with uh, the episode, the, the completion of the episode where the people of the town wanted to execute Gidon because he destroyed the altar to Baal and then Gidon's father Yoash stood up in his defense and said if Baal is so great let Baal defend himself don't touch my son but now the winds of war are building the um, the uh, people of Vachol Midian this is verse 33 Vachol Midian and all of the people of Midian Amalek and their allies from Amalek Uvne Kedem and the other allies uh, the people of Kedem the Kedemites they gathered together, which is both very ominous, because apparently they're they're planning a big attack on what until now were the very weak Israelites. Um, but it also presents an opportunity, of course, for Gidon to to smash them all at once. And they camped in the valley of Jezreel, the Emek Israel, the valley in which a lot of action takes place throughout this time in history. Um, this great fertile valley, the Jezreel Valley. So here they are, all the enemies gathering ready to attack. Someone has to stand up and defend the, the people of Israel. And who's that going to be? Had um, uh, enveloped is the best translation I see of that word lavsha. Lavsha means has dressed him, dressed up Gidon. Gidon has now covered in the Ruach of God and the Spirit of God. So we see Gidon now as a religious figure, a religious leader, bringing the people to God. That's why it says the Ruach of God. So Vayitkaba Shofar, and he blew the Shofar, which um, we had seen before. We saw in Devorah when, Bar- when Barak and Devorah mustered the people of Zevulon together to defend themselves, also blowing a shofar, warning the people of Aviezer and he rallied the people of Aviezer, that is his clan, behind him. So now, <coughs> now the people who are about to execute him see that Gidon was dressed by the Ruach of God. Exactly what they saw isn't described, but clearly they saw that Gidon was dedicated to God, Gidon was ready to be a leader, and that and that and the people realized that this is how they may be saved from this ominous threat. <clears throat> so first it was his own clan that joined him, but now he needs much more than just his own small clan. <laughs> so Malachim Shalach B'chol Menashe. So he sent messengers throughout all of the tribe of Menashe. Vayizo'ek Kamhu Acharov. 
and he managed to get them rallied to his support. And he sent messengers to other tribes uh, that were nearby, the tribe of Asher, and the tribe of Zivulun, and the tribe of Naphtali, and they came to join the people of Menashe. Finally, a leader is able to gather the other tribes, gather everyone together, and now they're finally starting to look like a force to be reckoned with. And now, Gidon does something that's highly questionable and the um the uh the commentaries struggle with this and so will we and i uh want to uh, and i've been kind of hinting towards this or in the last two podcasts that this is really a flaw in Gidon, and we're going to see at the end of his life what this flaw led to but uh here it, still Gidon is lacking confidence now he 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 managed to rally everyone together. The people, uh, the enemy is gathered in one place. It's clearly obvious that the next stage is going to be to attack the, uh, the oppressors and, and try to get rid of them. But he does something first. Gidon now turns to God. So Gidon is now uh, clearly established himself as, as a prophet. Some I think that this, whenever it says, since Gidon had been speaking to God through this uh, intermediary, through this Malach, this angel, who some identify with, or some identify with a prophet of sorts, uh, maybe it was, or or some angel, but some, uh, you know, someone who was a prophet was talking to God. But uh, but here it seems like it's Gidon himself at this point. He was. We just said before he was dressed by the spirit of God. It was clear that he was a prophet. So Gidon addresses God, just like other prophets have done that. But here he, 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 does, he still doesn't know if God is with him. He's still not sure. Even though God assured him several times already in this chapter, God assured him that he was going to be with him. He was not going to die. He was going to be successful. He was going to save the people. But he still turns to God again and says, If you truly will save the people of Israel like you told me. In other words, he acknowledges that he was told, but are you really going to do it? Is it really going to happen? This is a flaw. And, and, and many um, ask the question, uh, you know, we, we, we know from the, in Deuteronomy, uh, I think it's Deuteronomy 17, which is, Lo tenasu es Hashem, we're not supposed to test God. We're not supposed to uh, uh, make tests for him. And here we have Gidon about to make a test. This is verse 37. I am going to place this, uh, this fleece of wool in, on the floor of this granary. If it's dry everywhere, but only wetness lands on the fleece, that will be the sign I'm looking for and I'll know that you're truly with me. What does this fleece represent? What is this wetness? It's really unclear and it's um, not a lot of uh, explanations as to why he chose specifically this, this sign. However, the um, uh, one might, you know, Tal uh, do is something that that gives life, that brings life. Tamer, uh, the sheep, in some places represents the people of Israel. Maybe that's what 
the meaning of this sign is it's just a suggestion of mine but but the idea here is is that Gidon is giving God a test saying make this sign for me and and such is what happened verse 38 he gets up in the morning hagiza and he uh, squeezed out this fleece of wool, and do moisture came out of it, a bowl full of water. So he has his sign. You think this is enough, but this wasn't enough. And Gidon says to God again, please don't be angry with me. So Gidon realizes that what he's doing is, is not really right because he's asking God not to be angry. In other words, I'm doing something more. And I'm, I want to speak again. And he even uses the term, I want to test just this time with this fleece. This term, I will test, is the term which the Torah explicitly says, do not test God. Have faith. Believe in God. God has already given you the message. That's enough. What more do you need? So uh, the commentaries bring Rabbeinu Sajagon, this is one approach, that he, when he, he wasn't really testing what, the, the, what, what, what we're prohibited to do, but when it says we're prohibited to test God, it means to not trust that he has the ability to do something. In other words, test him to say, are you able to do this? Are you able to do that? In other words, believing that God is incapable of something. And God, of course, is capable of anything, is capable of everything. Now, um, that's the test that we're not supposed to test. But, but here, what Gidon was doing was not testing God to find out if God can defeat the Midianites. Of course he can. What Gidon was asking was, are you with us? Gidon was not sure if God was truly with us. He had seen so much suffering of the people of Israel at the hand of the Midianites. Are you really with us? Are you really with me as a leader? Am I worthy as a leader? That's what the test that he was doing. So that's one explanation that's given by Rabbi Sajigon, and it's most of the classical commentaries use that approach. <laughs> Another approach by the Ralbag, um, uh, more Maimonidean approach, was that Gidon wasn't, this is really a dialogue between the prophet and God. This is not something that actually happened in physical world. This is a dialogue in, um, these are visions that Gidon is having. This is why, just like it says, Vayomer Gidon, Gidon is speaking to God. Gidon is begging God for a sign and a vision. He's not asking God to show him a miracle. He's asking God because, he, because he's afraid, because he is not confident. So that lack of confidence is a flaw in Gidon. It's also his strength, it's humility. We have this humble person having this back and forth with God. Am I truly worthy? Am I truly worthy? Am I truly worthy? Show me something. And what God showed him was the signs with the fleece, which he saw in this vision, reassuring him again that he is with him. That's another approach to understanding this from the Rabag. So, don't be mad at me, and I'm going to say it again. I am going, I want to test you again. This time we'll do the same thing, but the opposite. Let the Giza, the fleece, be dry, and all the land around it, may there be uh, moisture. So, and God did this again on that same night. Um, and this kind of hints towards the Ralbag's approach. This, this, this happening at night gives us the idea that this is a, some sort of vision. This time, the dryness was only on the um, fleece. But there was tal all around 
on the land around it. So now Gidon has his sign. Uh, this concludes chapter 6. Um, in chapter 7, we are going to uh, uh, continue the story of Gidon and his uh, wars against the Midianites and his leadership at this time. Thank you so much for studying this together. Looking forward to studying chapter 7 and, of course, the rest of this book of Judges together.